What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I am Mike. With me is Josh and Steve. The Hounds took two wins this week to now sit all alone at the top of the league, not just the Eastern Conference, the league, and that is reason to celebrate. Let's go! It never goes off smoothly. It never does. I like I'm like hitting the button to play the intro so I can stop, and it's just not playing. And it, uh, it's because because you're leaning away. You're not getting the force. I think on that's, it. that's gotta yeah. be what it is. Yeah. I also like that the let's go is now only for when the team's doing very good. Like you've earned a let's go. Right. It's not just like hey, a default on let's go. It's just like that's no, right, you don't get a let's go unless you deserve it. Like, I need to go drink some tea. Like I gotta I gotta like you know. It's a lot on the vocal cords. Yeah. What's going on, gentlemen? Josh, how was your weekend? Good, good. I uh, was in Ohio and still made it in time for Saturday's game. So, yeah, I went home on Friday night, spent the night in uh, Ohio, and then uh, went to my mom's uh, retirement party and then left straight from there and drove to Pittsburgh to make the the game on Saturday. What time did you guys get there? Like, I, I went by myself. Like, Liz got a ride she did go to ohio oh okay okay so like she was able to go to tailgate do everything like normal but uh yeah i didn't like leave ohio until like 3 30 so i got there at like oh wow 6 30 so like i was rolling up like right as the game was about ready to start we got there um because the big push was for the little highmark stadiums which we'll yep. talk about in a second we got there and it was probably uh a little bit after five and typically my youngest is all about the steel army tailgate but today you know on saturday he was like we're getting in line we are get, we're being one of the first 500 <laughs> we're getting in line so i was like well let's at least like swing by the tailgate and it looked like like at that point it almost felt like there was nobody there steve i didn't even see you there i was like josh isn't like where's josh and we're and at that point my family's like dragging me away and i was like okay fine let's go get in line and then i saw liz show up I don't know, like a half hour before the gates open. I didn't realize you guys had your own little, you know, season ticket holder line to sort of skirt <laughs> everything. Right. Um, she was yelling at me across the crowd to tell me to rub in all of the uh, sunscreen I had all over my face, which I thought I had in, and my family just <laughs> failed to tell me. Steve standing two feet away, he didn't tell me. I had to rely on Liz. So I, I saw it, but didn't think anything of it. And then I looked down at my watch <laughs> and see in the Slack chat that Liz is telling you to rub it in. We yes. just all lost it. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's funny. But no, it was, a, it was a fun weekend. Steve, uh, you know, other than the game, anything else go on this weekend? Um, no, this weekend was was a bit quieter, um, which was good because the previous weekend um, or the previous week, uh, Thursday was out in Hershey for my friends from Flagstaff were playing a concert. So I went out to see that, came back Friday, Sunday, drove up to Syracuse to see my best friends till Thursday. Um, so just having the Hounds game was kind of nice that that was the only thing on my schedule. Yes. Um a little more time to relax because um, I'm going out um, this Friday, uh, going out to Lebanon to see Justin and, and Laura Ellen. And we're cool. going to the Brighton and Chelsea preseason match in Philly. So I'll go out there. Um, uh, no, not the only thing on my schedule. How am I forgetting this? Um, last night started a new D&D campaign in person with oh, friends yeah. here in Ambridge. Um, and so uh, we're going to be playing every other week, but we'll be playing uh, again next Sunday to get it on the right weeks for our DM. So pretty cool. Like 
uh, first time I've played in person um, with people. I've only ever played online. Um, we're having a blast. A lot of the people are good friends of mine. So um, yeah, really fun. Um, uh, but yeah, counts game. Um, uh, being there, being back in the environment, especially after trying to watch on my laptop before playing categories on on Wednesday night, where I could not see things as clearly because it's a 11 inch laptop screen. Yeah. yeah. And you, you brought a friend who yeah. uh, First was, was, was also so new to soccer that you were like, you know about Messi, right? And he was like, who? And we were like, oh, yeah. So is, <laughs> is, he, is he a convert now? Like, do you think I mean, he'll be back? He had a blast. Um, uh, on the drive down, he was telling me that his, he's from Burgettstown, um, uh, lives here in Ambridge now, lives with uh, uh, one of the owners of my local Vic Victory Beverage establishment. Um, and uh, just a nice guy. Um, uh, but he was telling me that his dad had texted him, oh, your brother and I are thinking about going down to a soccer game because we've never been to the stadium. He's like, so now I'm testing it out. He's like, oh yeah, they'll come. Like, I'll be back. Like, this was fun. He had a blast. So yeah, it was, it was great to see um, someone not necessarily a soccer fan or know anything about it other than playing in middle school. Um, so he understands like some of the things, but isn't really a soccer fan to have a blast, enjoy the environment, see a win. Yeah, it was great. That's awesome. Yeah, we had um, uh, my wife's, like all of her siblings and most of their kids came to the game and uh, I, I suckered them into being on the full 90 and I think they took full advantage of it. Uh, my one niece dropped a hell yeah on the on top. <laughs> so, like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll let it go. Um, yeah, on for the kids, everybody. Um, <laughs> let's talk before we, before we get into the games, because there were two games. Um, I think there was a lot of attention on the Detroit game because it was home. It was Detroit. They were giving away free stuff. Um, we did play Louisville midweek and we got a one nothing yeah. win. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the giveaways. There's, there, there was the giveaways and there was something else that, that uh, we touched on. We were talking about internally. Um, they're also selling a framed uh, print from the night that the Hounds beat Columbus crew that is signed by all of the players. Now, I don't think they were advertising this on their site. There was like a Twitter link that they put out that was going to some other page. Mm -hmm. There's a limited number of them. But, you know, you combine that with the the miniature Highmark statues. And I was like, who is this team? Like, this is stuff that we haven't <laughs> seen mm -hmm. before. Um, really, well, right. I mean, stuff. like in the past, anytime they've done something that's like, oh, we're going to sell this stuff, it's been no longer players jerseys right mm -hmm. and i think the only one that ever got any traction was nico brett um because like who wants to buy a tony walls jersey like yeah. like it's no shade against tony maybe it is i don't know like uh, but, but <laughs> Sounds like, like a little he shade. wasn't he <laughs> like he didn't do anything for the hounds there's no place in in i think any of our hearts for anything that he did right it's not like he brought us to a new level or did something special on the field that everybody remembers he's just one of those guys that came through and left and this is cool like yeah 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 i i mean i um i already got one my kids don't know it but it'll probably be like a christmas gift or something but I, the fact that they left that game saying it was the tonight. best night of their lives it was what's that steve they're not listening tonight of yeah. course not no no no. <laughs> no they're actually my oldest son is it he's out blacksmithing somewhere and uh the other two are probably in the car on the way to visit their cousins so um yeah they're not around I'm good. Um, but no, it's a cool memento. It's like, you know, that's, yeah. that's a moment in time um, mm -hmm. that, uh, 
that they definitely capitalized on. And then the statues, I mean, Josh, you know, you were saying the statues turned a lot better than you thought. Yeah, like I, I saw some photos of them and I was like, I don't know. Like these could be kind of like pretty bad looking. But then seeing in person, the paint job was a lot better. The the actual, I don't know, like the way they actually made them looked a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty satisfied with them. Um, yeah. And then I just want to talk about the, the frame photo real fast. So like they're selling the photo by itself in the stadium right now. Like you can just buy the, the, the photo. But it doesn't come in a frame and it's not signed. Uh, and then for 125 bucks, they're selling the frame photo with all the player's signature. Uh, and I, that's limited to, I think they originally had like 150 or 100. Mm-hmm. They're down to like 50 right now. So if you do want to get one of those, just check out their Twitter. You can scroll down a ways. Uh, it was before the game on Saturday. They uh, tweeted out about it. Um, I don't know where else. It's, I'm sure they posted it like on emails and that kind of stuff as well but yeah if you want to get one of those there's only 40 49 left actually i just refreshed the page so yeah get one of those because those things look awesome yeah it's very cool they do and as liz pointed out in the chat there's already a secondary market for those stadiums so <laughs> i i don't know what it was about the stadium in particular but i mean it was hot like there there were people that you could tell definitely got there early to get a stadium um, mm-hmm. you know, Josh, I think as you pointed out, my family took home 1% of them. So it was just, <laughs> I, yeah. Well, when was... they only do five, 500 of them, it's not that hard to, to yeah. you know, do that, <laughs> but it, it is a case where I feel like it, it kind of feels like in line with other stuff you see in Pittsburgh, other, uh, sports teams, as yeah. far as like doing these replica stadium things. And it, it kind of felt like. I don't want to say like the big leagues, but it, it definitely felt like, you know, a situation where it was the hounds leaning on the popularity, leaning on like the recognized, like the stadium itself. I love the fact that they included the skyline and the bridge. They kind of yeah. tell mm-hmm. the only thing they, they were missing was a train going by. Like, <laughs> like they definitely kind of leaned in on it, uh, which is great. And it, I don't know. It, it's cool to see them actually care about what this team and what, they could mean to the community or do mean to the community and not feeling like they have to like, Oh, we just give away free shirts. And that was like the typical giveaway for the hounds for the longest time. Yeah. Agreed. So cool stuff. Um, It'll be interesting to sort of see where the team goes from here in terms of continuing to grow the popularity and continue to grow sort of these unique um, like limited edition type things mm-hmm. that they will sell and give away for popularity and all of that. So, um, so yeah, it was really cool. Um, my kids were excited, not just to get all of their stadiums signed by the players, but also the Mandalorian who didn't have a pen at the start of signing, but somehow somebody got him a pen and he was like, you know, I'm not a player, right? They're like, we don't care. Like you look like Mando <laughs> sign the thing. Um, so yeah. Um, Josh, you got your, uh, your victory beverage. Should we dive into these games? Yeah. Um, I only have one victory beverage. That's awesome. So That's this awesome. is going to be for both games. I am deeply sorry for not having two. I forgot we had not talked about the Louisville game until just now. <laughs> Josh is only going to get partially sloshed tonight. So not, not fully. There, there we go. There's nice. the victory beverage. Um, I feel like we should start making up fake sponsors for the victory beverage now. We're doing them so often. We had like actual victory beverage, victory beverage for a while. Now it's not a thing, but... 
We'll see. Um, so, guys, the first game we got to talk about here, the Hounds did beat Louisville 1-0 midweek. Uh, just another sign of, you know, the team sort of growing in popularity locally. I think I've mentioned this before, um, but it's definitely not frequent. I stopped by my father-in-law's house on Saturday before the game, and he was like, yeah, I watched that game on Wednesday night. He was like, man, they were up one nothing, but, you know, they were they were holding on for dear life at the end. Like, you know, they should have just been trying to attack more and, uh, and you know, maybe holding Louisville at bay. And I was like, you're you're not wrong. Like, as soon as we took Dequa off in the 80th, it felt like we were bunkering a bit and just holding on. But, uh, yeah, for, you know, somebody who is – sort of salts of the earth pirate Steelers fan to be talking about the mm-hmm. hounds. Cause he tuned in on a Wednesday night. I'm like, we're, we're ha- have they made it? Like we're making it, I think. So good stuff. Yeah. Um, Steve, give me a takeaway from the game other than, you know, watching it on a yeah. 11 inch laptop screen. <laughs> she goes back and yes. it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, it's what this team has missed in the past uh, month and a half, month, little, yeah, month and a half at this point. Um, uh, a starting forward who can do pretty much everything in this league. Uh, his runs, his hold-up play, his ability on the ball, his ability off the ball, um, his ability to uh, not just score goals but to test the keeper even when he's not scoring. Um, I think you saw that uh, in uh, his 45 minutes. Uh, uh, the game before, and you saw that um, this weekend on Saturday where he was dangerous, even if he wasn't the guy on the score sheet. Um, puts him back up with that goal, back up to uh, Golden Boot, yeah. to Golden Boot race, uh, tied for the lead, um, which is mind-boggling to me that when he got injured, he was tied at nine with multiple players, um, and it wasn't any of those players that jumped ahead of him. Um None of those guys scored, um, including yeah. Russ. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's got every chance to to be the guy at the end of the year that uh, that is is has got the golden boot. Um, but I think the the big thing is uh, the defensive effort for me is is even better from the Hounds. Um, it was another shutout, and we can talk about clean sheets uh, a lot because there've been a lot of them and it was another one of them. Um, even without weight angle. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, you look at that and and, and you look at it and it's, yeah, I mean, here's a guy in goal that, uh, played with the team for what, four or five games, uh, just over a month, um, and filled in really well, went up one goal in all of that time. Um, and we get the win. (laughs) <laughs> in Louisville, yeah. where, you know, that's like our second home at this point, at least in the regular season. Uh, so great to see. You know, one of these days I will get to see the Hounds beat Louisville at Highmark Stadium instead mm. of always beating them at Lynn Stadium. Like it'll be it'll be nice to actually see us win at home. Playoffs. I would year? like to I would like to go and see the Hounds win at Lynn Stadium. I mean, mm-hmm. I want to go there for like I'll see that too, but, but yeah. <laughs> not so much. Like, but yeah, like it, it's maybe the playoffs, you know, if Louisville makes playoffs, we'll see. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> oh how oh how the tables have turned over the years. <laughs> yeah. Uh but no, no, I I I thought it was a great game and also that's not an easy place to play. It's it's, mm-hmm. but it has been somewhat lucky for the hounds to be mm-hmm. playing there. So uh, I wasn't like completely surprised to see the win, but it's definitely 
nice to see. And Zamudio's last game with the Riverhounds on this loan spell. And so it was nice that he got to leave with a clean sheet uh, for his last game. Only let him one one goal the whole time he was here. That one goal was questionable how good his goalkeeping was for that one goal. But (laughs) other than that one mistake, I would say he was a, a great keeper for us. So sad to see him go, but also very, very happy to see Jamali back. Uh, I mean, talk about a vote of confidence from Lily. I mean, you literally have Zamudio, who, like you said, five games let in one goal. Mm-hmm. And, like, the second wait's available. It's, see ya. Like, you know, have fun in D.C. Well, you know, we, we got Jamali back, and Jamali's plugged straight back in. Yeah. And gets yeah, another no, shot out. I mean, so. I mean the, the official team line was that he was recalled from his loan early. And I got to figure that's Bob saying, hey, our guy's back. If you want him, he's yours. Take him back. And DC was like, okay, we'll take him back. Right? Like, I, I don't think DC was like, oh, we're monitoring the Gold Cup. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, what do you do when it's Jamali Waite? Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no question about it in my mind. Like, I, I, no matter how good Zamudio is doing, like, Jamali Waite is a fantastic keeper. And I think we're crazy if we don't use him. It's funny because, you know, we talk about every season, sort of the the goalkeeper rotation and the goalkeeper competition. There was none of that this year. It was Jamali, and it was always going to be Jamali. And so, well, you know, and, kudos to him. And I think that point is even uh, even further emphasized by when it wasn't Jamali, it was a keeper on loan. But those mm-hmm. other guys are nowhere close, and Bob gave them a chance, didn't see enough, so went out and found somebody that could fill in when his first choice wasn't available. Yeah. That is a little concerning, in my opinion, though. Like, you would have thought that one of our other two keepers would have been up to snuff to to take that, you know, starting position for a month while <laughs> Jamali was out. Uh, the yeah. fact that Bob didn't feel that comfortable with him makes me worried about what happens if Waite gets injured, like, during a game or just, you know, even if it's just a little knock that you can't play for the rest of the game. Like, that's not a great vote of confidence for these players. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Robbie had a crazy save at the end of the game uh, against Louisville. Basically, they had sort of an open net. And he, I don't I don't even think he was facing the ball. Like, he sort of fell backwards and just, like, stuck his leg out on the line, and it was enough to knock it away. Um, lots of scramble. Look, Louisville's keeper looks legit. He's a rookie. Um, he's been top of the league in terms of saves and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, Louisville, once again, has found themselves some talent there. Uh, he kept them in that game. There were we had a number of chances that we could have put more away. Uh, Chico's goal was just—I mean, I don't know of anybody that was going to save that. It was just sort of well worked. The ball was right to him. He, mm-hmm. the, the defender, completely drifted away from him, and it was almost a tap in. Um, and so again, you know, Steve, to your point, it's Chico doing Chico things, and it's it's just it's special. Mm-hmm. So. Glad to see they got I mean, the win. I, I also want to point out not just Chico doing Chico things, but him being in the right spot, which is, I think, something we've struggled with while he was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't always had that striker in that spot, but it was also on the second cross from mm-hmm. the opposite side because the ball came in. I think it was Roby mm-hmm. uh, passed it from the right side. It went through the box. Nobody touched it. And Junior Eto picks it up and left footed cross right to Chico's feet for the ball in the back of the net. I mean, mm-hmm. just excellent by movement by the team as yeah. well to be there and to do those things. And I think that's something that we haven't seen in the past. And that's one of the differences with this team this year. 
Yeah. And I mean, just another shout out. Kenny was there, but Kenny again drifted away from Chico to create that space yeah. for him. So it was, yeah, it's like you said, it was a great team goal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, guys, I mean, I, it, it feels very weird to come into this show and be like, yeah, you know, we beat Louisville. <laughs> Cause it's like, that's what we've been singing about for the past few years of like, we got it. That's the bar. We got to beat sure. Louisville. And I don't know if it's the fact that Louisville wasn't top of the t- uh, top of the league when we did it that like sort of taints it a little bit, but it's Louisville. They're a very good organization. Um, you know, they're extremely well run. They're going to be in the playoffs this year. Uh, and so to go and just sort of methodically take a one, nothing win from them at home is great, especially since we just played them, what, three games ago and, and ended up a no, nil draw at Highmark. Right. So nice, nice little retribution for, uh, you know, keeping the, keeping the three points from us at mm-hmm. home. Um, love but, but I think that's part of it, right? Like we knew what we were up against and mm-hmm. they couldn't figure out a way to make the difference. And after we saw them and, I mean, they are a good defensive team, and they were a good defensive team in the game on Wednesday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kept them from scoring, just like we kept Sacramento from scoring, right? Like, good offensive teams were keeping from scoring. Uh, and we found a way in one of those games to, to put a ball in the back of the net and get, get the points that give us the win. Yeah. I mean, this is... It doesn't feel like it for some reason, but this is, like, quintessential three or four years ago lily ball like shut down defense one or two goals and that's it and i know that a lot of people at the time were like ah it's boring it's predictable this does not feel boring or predictable um you know the louisville game we controlled the majority of that game like until the end like i said when we sort of took chico off and took our foot off the gas a little bit um we had multiple opportunities uh and playing in their end but don't you think the difference is this year we're seeing the press that Bob started to try to implement last year actually working. Yes, Whereas yeah. a few years ago when we were top of the East, we were sitting a lot farther back yes. in, in hunkering defensively. This year, it's not about that. Sure, other teams may have more possession, but their possession is oftentimes in their third passing between the keeper and the center backs, and they might get the ball out, but then they're having to revert back. Right? We're shutting down the forward attempts of a lot of these teams, even the good passing teams. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's evident in uh, – taking four points from two games in, with Louisville, taking a point against Sacramento, other teams that have the capacity to beat anybody in this league. Yeah, agreed. So that sort of segues into the game on Saturday where the Hounds beat Detroit 2-0. Um, I predicted 4 nothing. I was bummed that it wasn't that much of a route. But listen, <laughs> to Detroit's credit, it felt like, you know, I didn't go back and watch this game on TV. I went back and watched the highlights. It felt like for a large portion of the game, it was played not at the Steel Army end, um, especially in the first half. It felt like Detroit, after we scored, not that we let off a little bit, but Detroit did hang in there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, give me a, Josh, give me, give me a takeaway from this one. I mean, hang in there, I do feel like is a little bit generous because they had like no shots on goal. Yeah. It wasn't like this was a situation where, there's a lot for Jamali to do. There's a lot of, you know, like, oh, no, they're going to score. It was it was pretty much all like mm-hmm. eh, they're not going to score, but we're not getting as many attacking opportunities as we want. Mm-hmm. So and the fact that we scored within the first like, what was it, seven minutes or something like that? Like, yeah, was the first goal. Was eighth minute. goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like scoring so early on meant that they kind of could just play with it, like do let them try to attack and like just not be able to close us down or 
break through our defense. So mm-hmm. this was definitely a game where I did not feel concerned the entire game. They, there wasn't a moment where I'm like, I don't know, maybe Detroit's going to pull this off. It's like, no, they're not going to pull this off. Uh, maybe they'll get a lucky goal, but I don't feel like we are in trouble ever. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, but I think a big part of that is we knew this going into the game that Detroit is, what, dead last in the league in offensive numbers. Yeah. Um, they're not bad defensively. Um, right. They're, what, fifth or sixth in the league in defense mm-hmm. um, with 20 goals going into the match that they've let up. Um but they've only scored 13. So, I mean, they've lent up now 22 goals, uh, and, and so they have a negative nine goal differential. I, I, I think the bigger thing is, um, for me, I look at what the Hounds did, um, and I'll reference the Louisville game with this, but but in the, the Detroit game, eight shots, five on target, two goals. In the Louisville game, nine shots, six on target, one goal, right? Like, like this is a team that I think we're starting to see do more offensively than we've ever seen, even if we're not sitting there with the same uh, possession numbers that some of our opponents have, because we're working the ball well, we're working the ball efficiently. But then at the same time, I mean, this is maybe, I'd have to go back and look, but I think, if I recall, maybe the lowest uh, conversion rate of any Bob Lilly team in Pittsburgh with only 16% of our shots as goals. Um that's a concern mainly because we're 21 out of 24 teams in shots taken. Um, but we're still middle of the pack in goals. Right. And, and with our defense, I think that that supplements that really well. And you saw that in this game. I mean, Detroit had one opportunity that went off the top of the bar late in the game when we had done quite a bit of rotation and some of our starters were starting to get tired. And that was really all they had the entire game. Whereas we had numerous other chances to score in the game, even ones that wouldn't show up in those shots or uh, shots on target stats where there was those slight misses of the ball or but good work uh, going forward by the Hounds. And it, I mean, I, I think, sure, it could have easily been, been a 4-0 win. And we wouldn't be questioning that because of the way the team played. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I was trying to scrub through the highlights this to find the the play but there was a play i remember hogan hmm. closed down a play uh yeah. that was like basically a one-on-one with the keeper cleaned him out yeah, yeah and hogan yeah. came in with a clutch slide tackle and it was clean and it was just beautiful but i can't yeah. remember when that was <laughs> i don't think it was in the highlights was it not in the highlights okay. i don't think it was because i watched through the highlights a couple times but I, I talked to pat about it afterwards and i said i was like man that was a tackle and he was like and he just like got a grin on his face i was like yeah. is that your best tackle of the year he's like yeah i think so that, yeah that was like right in front of the steel army and everything and i was just like "Ooh, that was nice <laughs> like, yeah. yeah i was waiting for the ref to pull i mean the, the refs will typically get a little whistle happy and that was i believe in the box it was yeah but i i did yeah i remember it when it clean. happened just going ooh, yeah it looked clean um but but it still took him out like it was oh, a yeah, clean yeah, yeah, tackle yeah. but it yeah. still like looked like the you know the, the player thought he was in and yeah mm-hmm. yeah packing from behind and just cleaned him out um one thing i want to i want to circle back to real quick steve you were talking a little bit about the stats as it relates mm-hmm. to defensively offensively how things are going i think what is interesting is prior to doing like any of these shows i'll sit down and i'll do a comparison between the hounds and the team that we're playing next so in this case we're playing the battery this weekend the the usl makes it very easy you basically can pick multiple teams and then it'll just compare them side by side statistically and one of the things that has surprised me over the past few weeks as i've been comparing the hounds to other teams 
is statistically how many shots we don't allow against us. Um, basically meaning that the shots aren't making it to the keeper. So yes, you know, we do now have 10 clean sheets. Half of our games so far this season have been clean sheets, which is fantastic. But when you look at some of these other teams and we have, we're facing half the number of shots that they have, that tells me that this is less a scenario whereby Jamali's really good or Zamudio is really good. They are really good, but we're not relying on our keeper to get these clean sheets and to keep the score low in the way that all of these other teams are. When we are facing half the number of shots of other teams, that is a team effort to make mm -hmm. that happen. That's not, you know, so, so in that case, I think that weight is still in the running for the golden glove, but he's facing half as many shots as everybody else. So he's got to get a lot of clean sheets to, mm -hmm. you know, sort of make up for that fact. Um, but that's, that is encouraging from standpoint of as we continue to go forward, knowing that we may give up half as many shots as the other team, even if the other team is an offensive powerhouse, that puts you in a position whereby you've got a better shot of at least drawing or winning because we're just not letting up shots on net. Um, which but is I think, cool. I think that's, I mean, a big part of that is the tactical lineups that yes. Bob has been putting out where yeah. The majority of the games, I mean, it was surprising to me in this game against Detroit when uh, Joe left the game and Pat came in mm -hmm. that you see Pat pointing to Arturo. No, you're playing center, right? Because <laughs> the, the MO for all season has been Pat or Joe who are not known for their speed as the center of the back three with Arturo and either Alal or Mike or Nate uh, flanking them, like, like pick your, pick your choice. Right. Um, and, and so it was, it was a little different of a lineup in at that point in the game than we've seen. Um, but I think that that's because like, you've got that, that smart, intelligent can see things in those more experienced guys. And then you've got the fast athletic and not that they're not smart and intelligent, but they're just so much faster, so much, more athletic, but don't have necessarily the experience, right? Like, I mean, Pat and Joe have built that over years, whereas we're talking about the rest of those guys, two, three-year pros each, yeah. um, learning to to do some of those things as they go. Um, and it worked in this game, right? Like, it worked in the Louisville game. It worked in the Sacramento game. It worked in the previous Louisville game. Um, I think uh, I, I saw that it was 458 minutes since the Hounds have last let up a goal. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, I'm sure that's not a league record, but I'd be surprised if that's not a Hounds record. I think it is a Hounds record. I think, uh, or at least in the Lily era, uh, it's a record there. Uh, there was a press release. I think that okay. uh, I, mentioned it. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, though. I want to uh, say that the, the streak for the Hounds is 16 games. I thought that's what the USL's... They might have said it in the power rankings. Um, or not the power rankings. Yeah, but maybe it was the power rankings that came out today, where I think it's we're at 14 games. We have... Thir wait. We haven't <laughs> lost in 13 games. I think the record for the Hounds is 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. um, but it is a record for the Lily era if i remember that there was they made that caveat that yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah as far as lily's tenure it is a record for lily's team yes um, yeah yeah because the last time we did it it was back in the 90s mm -hmm. holy like, crap had to yeah. be 99 yeah it was 99 i would say we formed in the 90s, yeah. our late 90s so. <laughs> in the last possible second <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we like, just... I mean, with that though, right? Like, like that's one of those games though that was still a win when we gave up that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, the last time we lost was April twenty second in El Paso. So really, three months ago, um, we played. Does that not seem like such a long time ago and such a different team? Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, wait, was that before? Yeah. Uh, Griffin. I think that was the, that was the last game before Danny resigned. Hmm. I believe. Hmm. I might be hmm. wrong. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> hey, Kev, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kevin's in Copenhagen. He's not listening to this right now. <laughs> He's probably asleep by now. He's probably asleep, man. Um, what else, guys? Give me something else from this one. Uh, this isn't game. Uh, I mean, on the field, but uh, we did a Tifo. Steel Army had a yeah. Tifo for this game. Beautiful. Uh, and it was of Dequa, uh, kicking a ball, and then a uh, nice golden glittered uh stripe. Boot. Yeah. boot yep and it was hilarious because of course he wanted it which was fantastic some great pictures of him like having it out on the field uh admiring it and uh all i can think about is the fact that it has glitter in it and that <laughs> glitter is going to be everywhere now <laughs> he's never gonna his house is always gonna have glitter everywhere <laughs> so yeah. have fun with that yeah um the the video steve that you took of uh of the TIFO has over two and a half thousand views on uh, YouTube. So like people nice. loving it. Yeah. It's, well, that's amazing. I, up, I uploaded as a YouTube short. Um, cool. Yeah. People are digging the, the TIFO. So great job to. That might be my best social media engagement ever. Woo-hoo. I mean, half of them are probably Pico. So yeah. He's playing it on, on a loop like on his TV. Yeah. <laughs> Sending it to all his family and friends. <laughs> all right. So now I feel like now we need to do some like investigative journalism because now all three players that, that the Steel Army have made TIFOs for have now taken the TIFO. I want to know what they've done with the TIFO. Like, is it just sitting in a closet somewhere or did they actually hang it on a wall? So, Steve, that's going to be your homework. The next time you see <laughs> no. what no. Kizza, Kizza or Dequa or Kenny... Be like, where's the TIFO? Like, where'd you put it? <laughs> and let us know. You're gonna be asking them like these tactical questions, these training, these training questions, and then like, oh, and one more thing, where's the TIFO? Where's the TIFO? <laughs> Chico would probably tell me. Yeah, yeah, Kizza would tell you too. Kizza, he was. I, I, I think with Eddie, he'll just be like, huh? Like, like it'll just take him so by surprise. Well, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, JC, JC got his first minutes. So the the Hounds knew oh, forward yeah. that they signed, subbed him in at the yeah, end. So- I thought he looked okay. Like, I, I mean, it's it's your first time playing with the team. It's a, what, 10, 15 minute run in. He wasn't awful. Uh, he sort of held up play a little bit. He was sort of connecting with Tola a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what the plan is for him moving forward. Because we talked about how... It, this is Chico's offense. So unless something happens or he needs a breather, even at that, it feels like Tola is sort of the, the like for like replacement at this point. So what does JC bring? So you guys talked about that last week. I did a little digging Mm -hmm. to try to get some more insight. And um, from what I can gather, I think the idea for Bob is, well, first of all, uh, I know Trevor, has the same agency as him as does another player. So there was already that connection with the team, with, with the agency group, um, him coming available. But it's a guy Bob knows after him playing for Hartford. Um, 
Uh, and he he's a guy that I think, from what I can gather, Bob sees as someone who can do some of the things that Dixon did for the team going forward. So maybe not necessarily a wingback uh, player, but, but maybe moving up more into the midfield or as a straight uh, front winger. Um, like an attacking that, winger. Yeah, 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 as an attacking winger. Um, and I think that's the difference, that he gives Bob another tool that can put somebody out there that does something that the other guys can't currently do at that same level. Um, and so I think it's, I mean, it's, and he's got a good track record. What, we had double-digit goals in Hartford? Um, mm-hmm. Like, bring it yeah. on. Yeah, Seems like Hartford. a real nice guy. I only <laughs> talked to him for like, for like 45 seconds, but um, he was all smiles, like, Glad to be here. Just like he looked like he was really having a good time already. So it was great. Should we read anything into the fact that he came on for Forbes? I mean, does that mean anything absolutely at all? I mean, yeah, it means that Kenny's legs are tired. <laughs> like, exactly. That's why, that's why I'm like, it, right? Like, no, I don't. I don't think it says anything about Obergon. I think it's just like, no, I got to take Kenny off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dequa came off at the exact same time. Yeah. And yeah. technically, showing me winning for Dequa. Yeah. And- CJ went in, or JC went in for Kitty. I do think it's interesting though, because we did talk a little bit last week about just the midfield and how it's not a problem or if it is a problem, it's a really good problem to have, but it's, it's hard to tell who do you start in the midfield because we have so many good midfield players. And now you bring in somebody like JC that if he's going to play as an attacking winger, does that mean that now you have one less midfielder that you're trying to get on the field? And again, it's a good problem for Bob to have. I think that tactically he's gotten it right the past, however many games because we haven't lost. So that's just going to be one of those challenges that he's going to have to continue to face is juggling all of these players and making sure that, you know, they're staying fresh and that he can plug them in where he needs them in the situations that he needs them. And, you know, our buddy. Yeah, I mean, I, I also wouldn't be surprised in the next game or two if we see Bob revert to a back four and put him on and take a mm. take a winger off. And um, and I say that only because uh, Nato Santos still overcoming his sprain that he got a couple weeks ago. Um, Alalo Samano has a sprain from the Louisville game um, that uh, is going to take him. It looks like a little longer to get over. His looks more severe. Um, I say that just based on the fact that he was in a boot, Um, but talk to him. It's a sprain, not a break. Um, uh, He was in good spirits about it, but I mean, on defense, you're starting to see some of that attrition and without getting Nate back, you're looking at a defense where you're talking about your two fast defenders and your two slower defenders. Um, and so if one more gets hurt, then what are you doing, right? Like, and so I think you might see something like that, um, especially when you've got a lineup that's got offensive wing backs out there. Maybe you're putting uh, uh, Rovi back out there and Luke is still injured as well, right? Like he, he expects to be back on Saturday, but, um, but Luke is still not available to play this past weekend. So we're talking about a lot of, a lot of hurt on the back line and for, one of the most like one of the strongest, most depth filled positions or parts of the field, all of a sudden with a few injuries, it's getting a little thin. And so maybe you do see a tactical shift in, in the formation and, and you see Obergon playing farther forward in that case. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um any other takeaways from from this game, guys? I, I don't know what to take away from watching a team that doesn't know how to score, not know how to score and a team that knows how to 
break teams down unless they're absolutely top tier and still break down some of those top tier teams and find ways to get goals, right? Like, so, 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 win. so your takeaway was to burn Detroit. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Meh. That's fair. And to be fair, you know, Detroit fans, they traveled. There were some there. I saw that there was some crap on Twitter, as there always <laughs> is, where they were complaining about security guards around their section, um, which the rest yeah, of the USL little kids. Yeah, I mean, the, the rest of the USL Twitter was very quick to jump all over that. The Steel Army <laughs> didn't even have to do anything. Um, so whatever. I, I mean, I found Detroit was complaining. So yeah, yeah. I, I found it pretty funny when, when Louisville played at Highmark few of us went over and, and talked to their supporters groups, got some of their version of victory beverage from them um, and uh, had a great time and, and um, said, said to one of the guys, I was like, oh, glad you're here. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's great to be here. And I was like, better than having Detroit fans. He's like, oh, bleep, bleep them. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost it. <laughs> Good. So it's not just us. Like, yeah, for a while, I was us. like, are we just being biased no, against Detroit? No, 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 no. Good, good. Good, good. Well, good. I mean, another solid three points. It was a great night. Uh, I think there's a lot of concern about rain. It drizzled mm-hmm. for, you know, a little bit, but by the end of the game, a beautiful sunset, you mm-hmm. know, over the back of Highmark. Uh, that's a case where, you know, the fans in the grandstand are totally missing it because they're just looking at the city and the mm-hmm. Steel Army has the clean shot straight at the sunset. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Another great evening. Guys, if we look at uh, the, the, the standings, I already mentioned it, but the Hounds are now sitting squarely at the top of not just the East, but the league. We're sitting on 38 points in 20 games, almost averaging two points a game, which is fan friggin' tastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've won 10, uh, lost two, and tied eight. And we have a plus 13 goal differential, which is the best in the East. Right behind us, we got the Rowdies. Um, who are sitting on 34 points. So four points back, but they have one game in hand. They've played one less game than we have. The Battery, who we face this weekend, are five points back. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll talk about them in a second. Rounding out your playoff teams at this point are Memphis. Louisville dropped down to fifth. Birmingham in sixth. Tulsa in seventh. Indy at eight. And then beneath the playoff line, you have Loudon, Detroit, Miami, and Fraudford who have lost 13 games and have a negative 18 goal differential. So um, I think they're on our schedule here coming up soon. So that'll be a fun one. So bad. So bad. I will say, uh, you know, the pick'em is getting heated now because we had a couple people gain a lot of ground this week. We got a couple of score predictions dead on. So still leading things is Laura Ellen with 20 points. I'm at 19, but now Keaton Liebengood has surpassed Kev. Kev, who was sitting comfortably at the top just a few weeks ago. Uh, Keaton has 19 points. Kev has 18, followed closely by Michael Finn at 17 and Devin Pale at 16. And then we got a whole bunch at 15. So again, especially with these multi-game weeks, uh, it's very easy to to pick up. I shouldn't say it's easy. If you pick up some points, you can climb the table pretty quickly. So I would love for nothing more than to uh, be outpaced here by somebody that isn't on the Mongols crew. So keep it up, uh, those of you near the top. And for those of you that aren't, make sure that you head over to YouTube. Uh, that is where we will post every, basically a day and a half to two days before every game. We'll put up a post where you just leave a comment with your score predictions. You get three points if you get the score right. One point if you get the result right. So win, tie, drop. 
no points if you get it wrong. Whoever has the most points come the end of the season is going to get two free tickets uh, for 2024 to sit with the Steel Army. So there's some skin in the game here. Um, so definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. Guys, um, moving ahead just a little bit, we do play the battery this weekend before we then come home for the next four games. So this was that stretch that we were talking about where it's just a whole lot of hounds. Josh, you were saying that, you know, you like home games, but <laughs> you got to work, man. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a lot, but you know, I I'm I'm enjoying it and it's been great to see that the rest of Pittsburgh's enjoying it. Like the mm -hmm. stadium has been pretty much a sellout every single game. Yeah. And it, I mean, if they're still selling out, cool. I then keep it going. I was a little bit worried about fatigue uh from, you know, fans, but I haven't seen it so far. So yeah. I would say, if anything, I think that maybe there was a little bit less of a turnout this week because of the threat of rain. But beyond that, I, there was a Buckos game going on. There were people in boats, like, waiting for fireworks from the Pirates game. And Highmark was still pretty much, you know, packed. Yeah, so, I mean, they registered 5,150. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, I mean, if they all didn't show up, okay. But still, yeah, over 5,000 people bought tickets. But, I mean, so, right, we just got done with... Uh, four Saturday home games in a row. All four of the Saturday home games, I believe, were sellouts again. I mean, there's been two games the entire season that the team hasn't sold out the seating capacity, which is 5,000. The one was the home opener where it was 3,800 and something, I think. And the other one was 4,800, right? Like, I mean, so close that it's like, it's almost a sellout to begin with. Um, but, I mean, that's way different than I think any of us have ever, ever experienced at Highmark. I mean, we were talking about sellouts being the rare thing mm -hmm. once a season, maybe. And we're talking about two games that didn't sell 5,000 or more tickets already this season. It's great. Yeah. Expansion's guaranteed at this point, as far as like off season making that. Yeah, well, it's got to happen. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I think, can't imagine it won't happen. I think the thing I'm like most, uh, like, really about uh, is, is talking to somebody in the front office saying uh, during the Columbus game uh, that they think with 6,100 people, they could have still fit another 500 more people in the stadium as is. And I'm like, wow. I mean, we talked about it, right? Like yeah. you barely you get came to in, You came and told me that right. during the game where you were like yeah. standing on top of people right. and like laying right. on people's shoulders to tell <laughs> me that. I'm like, really? Yeah. I don't think we can. Yeah. They wouldn't have been able to fit them in the Steel Army section, that's for sure. I don't know what the other rest of the stadium was like because I couldn't leave the Steel Army section to see right. the stadium. But uh, definitely not in that section, that game. Yeah, agreed. Um, no, it will be a very interesting offseason for sure to sort yeah. of see the, the changes that, that come to Highmark. Maybe we'll talk to somebody. We'll get some. We'll get some news. Maybe get them on the show. It's been a while since we talked to Tuffy. I wonder if Tuffy would want to come back on the show. We'll see. Maybe I waved at Jeff at the end of the game. I was like, "Hey, Jeff," and I think he was like, "Who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> like, Hi, Jeff. He's a listener, not a viewer. So I know. You know he, I know. It's he probably just didn't recognize you. I That's don't all. really care. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff's great, but I think he definitely is one of those people that is like he has to tie a face. Yeah. I think I he, he knows who I am. I don't know. I think he knows my name. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, guys, so we got the battery this weekend. Uh, road game. So Josh, you get a breather. Uh, and then four in a row, man. So enjoy this break. Uh, but uh, last time we played the battery, 
was at Highmark roughly a month ago. We beat them two nothing. That was the game where Etu scored the fastest goal in the league at that point. I think it was the fastest one in Hounds history. Um, it was all in that first minute, and then Tola got the clincher in the 83rd minute. Looking at uh, you know just sort of what to expect from the Battery since we last played them. Statistically, they're third in the East. But again, this gets back to some of the stuff I talked about earlier. They've given up twice as many goals as us, more than twice as many goals. They, they've, they've given up 29 goals to our 12. Right. They've also faced more than twice as many shots, 82 to our 39. So just, you know, think about it. We've played 20 games and we have teams that have given up, you know, more than twice as many shots and have more than twice as many goals against. Um, but... Otherwise, statistically, we're pretty much the same. So this, again, gets back to that whole defensive effort of just we're not letting shots get get to the keeper. And those shots that are making the keeper aren't going in. So it will be interesting, Steve, to your point about injuries and whether or not we can get healthy enough that that doesn't actually impact things here down the stretch. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I think with that, right? So my, my sense is we're going to see Luke probably this next week. Mm -hmm. I, I, if not, we'll see him very soon after, um, maybe the Wednesday game. Um, we're going to see Nate this weekend or Wednesday or the next weekend for sure. Right. That, that adds to that, but I, we didn't talk about this, but we can talk about, we've seen times where Mike DeShields has made mistakes and, uh, and it's been his fault that we've given up goals at times, but he was flawless, I think in this game and yep. had that excellent assist to, to Eddie on Saturday. Yep. I mean, what a ball. I mean, dribbles the ball forward and then an excellent pass to split two defenders where Eddie takes a two touch back of the net shot, right? Like, I mean, you're seeing even some of these guys that we're relying on when our first choice, second choice aren't there doing really well and filling in really well at this point. Um, and I think that goes to it. I mean, you, you were talking, Mike, about the the actual numbers. I think the rankings of those are also really important that we've talked about this. The Hounds tied for first in uh, least number of goals allowed. Uh, Charleston's at 17th out of 24, right? There's They're lending up a lot of goals in this mm -hmm. league. Um, they may be seventh in goals scored with 28, but they're still at a negative one goal differential, whereas the Hounds might only be 13th, so about midway in goals scored, but a plus 13 goal differential. And I think that makes a really, really big difference when you're looking at it. Here's a team that, okay, and, and I'll give Charleston the benefit of the doubt and recognize that they did have one game where they got everything dropped on them by San Antonio. I think it was, I think it was a 7-0 loss for Charleston. But you don't see the Hounds anywhere near that right like sure they might be have a negative goal differential because of that one game but they still had it right like it means they're vulnerable by a good team i mean they they haven't looked good lately and in in that you know within the last month or so stretch they played hartford and they barely beat hartford it was three to four mm -hmm. and hartford was down to 10 men and before that, they they actually scored another goal after getting down to ten men, and we're up by like three to like one or something like that. And then finally, you know, after they went down to ten men, Charleston was able to get some goals on there. Like yeah. Hartford, negative goal differential of eighteen, got three past them. One of those goals with ten men. 
<laughs> that was a game too where like the usl was like look at how resilient the battery are and i'm like why were you down to harvard <laughs> in the first place let's have that conversation like yeah, yeah. great you came back but like you, you dug yourself that hole there guys and like some of those other ones they've had yeah. this like within the last month or so has been like loud in and like other bottom feeder teams so i'm not yeah. that i don't know like i feel like this is a very <laughs> very winnable game mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they they they've tied Detroit fairly recently. They've uh, what was it? They um, one out of four points from Indy, or one out of six points from Indy. Yeah, I, I'm not concerned. Right? Like they're just not. I, I'm not afraid of that team. They're, they're, I can't believe they're so is, high up in the in the uh, standings. Like, I'm just surprised. Yeah, I mean, since they played us, they've won two, lost one, and drew two. On the flip side, we've had three wins and three draws. So I, statistically, that means nothing unless you're talking about the teams like you guys are. But that just sort of paints the picture for you. We've had the better time since then. Obviously, you know, we're sitting at the top. They are 4-3-3 three, and three in home, which is actually worse than their away record. Hmm. So, you know, this isn't Fort Highmark that, they're, that we're going into. Um, this is a game that could definitely be had. In terms of players to keep an eye on, uh, Augustine Williams has eight goals for them. Their offense is likely going to flow through them. In their last game against Miami, they rolled out a 4-2-3-1 where he was at the point of it. So um, just something to watch out for. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys alluded to the fact that it doesn't seem like there's a lot to be worried about here. I don't want to call this a trap game because I don't think it's a trap game, but I could also see us not getting a win here like i could see this being a draw i don't see us losing but i could see it being a draw um based on what though i don't know like it's just it's just like gut past being scared that's pretty much i I guess yeah i don't know i don't know it just feels like i don't know how how long can we stay on this streak i mean obviously if we get just a few more games we'll set you know our record but uh like I said, I don't think we're going to lose, but I guess one nothing win. I'll start it off. I'll say my prediction is a one nothing win. Um, it's going to be like four nothing now because I said one nothing. But Eve, what do you think? I, I think away from home, we've had a tight, congested schedule. We've pushed ourselves hard. I think it's a three one win. So we we give up a goal, but but we still get the win. Um, but we come out, and this isn't a very good team. We're going to expose their defense, I think. Um, and I think a big part of that is everything that I see from the desire when I talk to the players is that they're dissatisfied. They feel like they dropped points against Louisville in the first game and dropped points against Sacramento, but they lost four, right? Like, like they're not like, oh yeah, we got out of there against a really good team with a draw. And it's like, we lost four points in those two games, right? And, yeah. and multiple players have had that attitude. So they're hungry. They're they're willing to go out and put it in. And I think that goes back to what Bob talked about with me at the beginning of the season of this is the most committed group of players he's had in Pittsburgh. And they're fighters and they're going to go out and they're going to give it at all. And they're not going to, and they're going to work hard. And I think we're starting to see that. And and when they don't get the results that they think they should get, they're pissed. I, I think they're there is on their shoulder. There's a whole conversation to be had too about, you know, you just said like, ah, you know, Charleston's are not a good team. And I don't 
disagree with you, but they're also sitting third in the East. So I think that there's this, this, this level of, are we spoiled this season? Like, are the hounds just that good that every other team is just not very good? Like that's just sort of the lens through which we view them. We haven't seen team. I mean, Louisville towards the end of that game at Lynn family, we're up one, nothing. We pulled Dequa off uh, to your point. We don't have a full crop of, of defenders. Um, but like I, when you're top of the league, it's, it's very easy to look around and be like, nobody really scares you. Um, and so it will be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. I mean, I, I'd agree with that because the teams that I'm worried about are, are the teams that have given us a bit of trouble. Sacramento, San Antonio. Um, I'm, and, and I'm worried about the Rowdies because we still have to face them twice. Yeah. Um, they're a good team that, that is in good shape. Um, but I'm not but I'm not worried in the sense that I don't think we can't beat the Rowdy Swice. Right. I think that's more than possible. I just think it's going to be a good test and it's going to be the best test we've had since Sacramento, which was the best test we had since San Antonio. And this looks like a really different team that than the team that played San Antonio. Yeah, I, I'm worried. The only team I'm really worried about in these is the Rowdies. And I'm questionable about that worry now because of the fact that they just lost, lost their coach. Like, yeah. With Gons gone, like I don't know what they look like now. Like yeah. they they lost their first game without him. Doesn't mean anything really. It's just one game, but it's still like maybe maybe yeah. We don't have to be as worried about the Rowdies as we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and they now, just dropped three points to Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the first game they played without having uh, Collins, their coach. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, as far as wait, did we do score prediction? Did I have done? We started. Yet? You have not done yours yeah. yet. Yes. This right. is score predictions. We just yeah. got off track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, where, where were we? At? Steve okay. and I like just we're like like winding rivers. We just kind of like <laughs> in and out and around and yeah, yeah. Uh, Charleston game. I'm thinking two zero. Uh, I'm not too worried about them scoring. Uh, I don't think we're quite there yet. Where we're gonna be putting three past them, but. I think two zero is a good, good spot to be, especially away. Obviously, so that's oh, what we yeah. think. Obviously, let us know what you think. I mentioned already. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Threads. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Mongols. On Threads, we're at Mongols Pod. On YouTube, we are at Mongols. Ultimately, Threads and Twitter are all going to point you right at YouTube. So you might as well just go and subscribe at YouTube. Uh, as I mentioned, we have all sorts of videos up there. When Steve does player interviews, we put them over there. We put up all sorts of YouTube shorts and things like the unveiling of Chico's Tifo, which, as we said, over two and a half thousand views. Um, so head over to YouTube, follow us there. And then two days before the game, that's when the post goes up. You can leave your score predictions. We're all predicting wins. So uh, it'll be interesting to sort of see if you disagree or if you agree, but you agree with a different score line. So go leave your comments uh, and hopefully you can climb that table and maybe get your hands on two free season tickets for uh, for next season. Um, guys, it's, it's a great time to be a Hounds fan. I mean, anything else? Any other thoughts before we close this one out? I mean, I know it's how great time to be a Hounds fan. fan. Like, yeah. I know how crazy the the stadium thing was, but like these ammo bobbleheads, man, they're going to be even more. Wait, crazy. Wait, wait, wait. When is the ammo bobblehead? Ah, I haven't looked. I had so. circled. I had circled the stadium. I was like for sure, but yeah, I could see the ammo bobblehead. That's. I think that's going to be even more crazy. Like I feel now, like more people are going to want this. There's one thing that I will say, like one feedback, Jeff, if you're listening, because we know you don't watch, but if you if you listen but don't watch, 
what do we do with the boxes once we get in the stadium? That was the one thing I was like, oh, okay, now we're walking around. Like you can't have a bag. Um, they have a whole like clear bag policy kind of thing. Well, there's a new policy for bags. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, look it up. It's it's. Weird. I totally missed that. Like yeah, we yeah. we had like a really small clear bag, so we walked in. We was like we're like yeah, we got stadiums, and then it was like now what do we do with them? And like we were like leaving them on the bleachers and like trying to keep them dry, and it was like a whole thing. So maybe that's not a concern. Maybe there's you no know, bag policy. You would have had enough room in your bag for them if you didn't take five. Take five, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's very true. Listen, you know, as Liz pointed out, I know there is an aftermarket. I think one of ours have already been claimed, um, which is fine. Um, I'm happy to give one. Actually, my wife already gave away two of them because her family showed up like as kickoff was happening. And so she gave two of those away. We had three left twisted the boys arms and we're going to give one of them to Laura Ellen and Justin who we know couldn't make it to the game. Um, the other ones, the boys got the feet, like the statue actually signed by players. So they want to hold on to them. So I was like, okay, oh, yeah. that's fine. Uh, and by the way, it is um, August 5th is August against 5th the is rowdies is the bobblehead giveaway. Oh man. That's going to be enough. Oh wait, the fifth. Oh, okay. Is that, Oh, it's a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday game. Uh, yeah. yeah, against the Rowdies. Interesting, interesting. Two and a half weeks, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, considering the rush that there was for the stadium, just See keep you on the fifth mind if, if you want. <laughs> if you want Listen, there's a lot going on that weekend. Um, but if my kids know that it's Ammo Pablo at night, we might be planning that in too. Do another pit tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we might have to. Um, Okay. Well, like I said, that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Check us out all over the place, social media, YouTube, all that fun stuff. And um, otherwise, I guess we will talk to you very, very soon. Later. See ya.